Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hi there, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Chris Paulette. I'm an editor here at How Stuff Works. Sitting next to me, as always, is senior writer Jonathan Strickland. Howdy, folks. And uh, we'd uh, we'd like you to stay with us. We'd, we'd hate for you to leave because that would be a waste. Uh, one of your infamous segues already, transitions, intros. Yeah, and, and one of my classier ones. At yeah. The uh, this is, uh, this is a, a rough topic we're about to talk about. We're going to talk about electronic waste today, which is a very serious issue. Um, and it, it, it's more serious now, I guess, than ever before, because just when you think about how, uh, how the electronics industry kind of works, it, if you've bought a computer in the last five years, then you know this already. As soon as you get it home and you hook it up, you find out your computer's obsolete and the commercials on computers seem to indicate that, you know, you're a complete loser unless you go out and buy the, the next great computer. Well, what do you do with your old computer? You know, even if you resist that urge and you wait a year or two, eventually you're going to buy a new machine. I mean, you're probably not just going to keep upgrading your old one because eventually you will get to a point where you can't you can't go any further with the equipment you have, and you want to stay current, especially if you're an early adopter. Um, so you go out and you you buy a new machine, but what do you do with the old one? And uh, this is becoming a really important question because the it turns out there's a lot of stuff in these machines that we should not allow to get into the environment because they're very, very hazardous, both to humans and to, to other animals and to, to wild, you know, just, uh, plants and, uh, water supplies. I mean, it's, it's serious stuff. Yeah. You want to talk about some of those, uh, our, uh, writer Jessica Toothman did an article called how e-waste works. Mm -hmm. And in it, she says that these things are all to be found in electronic waste. You ready? Yeah. We got lead. We got lead, mercury, sure. arsenic, cadmium, copper, beryllium, barium, chromium, nickel, zinc, silver, and gold. Right. And, uh, you know, a lot of those things, especially things like lead and mercury, are definitely not something you want in the groundwater. Even, even cadmium, yeah. You don't want well, – That's yeah. true, yeah. No, and, and, I mean, none uh, of those is, is particularly good for you. No, no. But, <laughs> you know, there are some that are – more Worse than others. Yeah. And of course, if you go older electronics, you know, pre, you know, the mid seventies or so, you had PCBs to worry about. And that's oh, yeah. serious stuff too. I mean, yep. now granted, you don't find that in electronics nowadays because of their, their actual regulations against it. But these are all chemicals and toxins that can be very hazardous. And they're in your electronics. Now, while they're in your electronics, they're, they're pretty much inert. You don't really need to worry about lead sneaking out of your laptop and strangling you as you sleep, um, unless you're Stephen King, in which case that would probably be a pretty good book. <laughs> but at any rate, uh, no, you, you don't need okay. to worry about that. But, but when you throw things away, uh, you know, things get crushed, things get broken, uh, stuff leaches out. I mean, if it's, if it's in, in an open environment, it's, it's subject to the elements. So rain and can leach out, uh, harmful chemicals. And a lot of these places, uh, the landfills, they'll actually burn the waste, which makes the, the things that are in your computer even more toxic and harmful. Yeah. Now, when we're, we're talking about throwing stuff away, um, that, that's probably, let's go step number one. 
don't just chunk it in the trash right. when you're done with it exactly. because that's exactly what's going to happen. It's going to get churned up by by uh, a giant crushy machine and uh, you Dumped know as they tamp down. Yeah, exactly. Or thrown in a furnace, either way. Right, exactly. And and so that's you know step number one. You need to find some place to recycle that. And a lot of computer manufacturers will take back their uh, their merchandise or even computers from other people. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, for example. My wife and I just got new iPods uh, because hers was um, no longer functioning as it should, and they offer Apple offers to take back the old iPods and we'll give you a discount um, toward the new iPod, which is which is a nice thing. But the question is, and you know, this goes for all the manufacturers: where does it go when they take it away? Right? Are they actually getting recycled, or are they getting? dumped in a landfill. Right. And and 60 Minutes did a really good uh, expose on this issue recently. Um, and one of the things that the group the, of journalists did was they actually went all the way to China to go to uh, a massive landfill. It's supposed to be a recycling center, but it turned out to just be a, a gigantic landfill. And there was this enormous pile of electronics just smoldering. You could see the smoke rising from the pile. And this releases tons and tons of carcinogens into the atmosphere, which means all the people that work in and around that area are all at risk of, uh, of, of getting cancer just for living near there because these chemicals are being released into the atmosphere. Yes, I was actually uh, reading an article on uh, grist.org, which is a, a very cool environmental site. Um, and from, from what I understand, uh, a lot of times what they'll do – uh, recycling outfits will pay uh, villagers in countries in Africa and Asia. Um, and what they'll do to get the metals and things, they'll actually stick circuit boards over a fire or right. over a burner and melt to try out. to get the, the metals to melt. Right. So that's releasing toxins into the air. Um, you know, they're probably touching some of that stuff with their hands and it's leaching through their skin, mm-hmm. you know, getting into the groundwater. And they're just sitting on vast heaps of this stuff. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, as a matter of fact – that that sixty minutes are um, report that you were referencing a moment ago. They actually some of the people attacked mm, yes. uh, the journalists who yeah. had come to from CBS to do the report. Yes, it turned out that um, that some of the local businessmen who were in charge of this uh, this landfill had employed. Well, I guess there's really no other word for it other than gangsters to kind of act as muscle to keep people away from this landfill. They, they don't want the information getting out because this is a, a huge moneymaker for them. And um, as a result, the journalists were harassed and pushed and and essentially told that if they didn't leave, they were going to get beaten up. Um, and they, they were able to keep the camera. The, the gangsters did try to wrestle the camera away, but they were, the journalists got away with it. They did lose a soil sample. They had taken a soil sample to uh, test in a laboratory later, but that was taken by the gangsters. So... Yeah, I mean, this is like serious business. And, and here's the thing is that China can offer, like people in China can offer these, these services, these so, supposed recycling services for a much lower price than say a legitimate recycling center can because recycling is expensive. It's not, it's not a really cheap, efficient process. There's a lot of work that goes into recycling something safely. So it's less profitable. For the person who has to recycle something, it's it, it's more expensive for them to do it. There's less of a profit margin there. So from a revenue perspective, it's more attractive to go with one of these shady recycling 
uh, outfits because you're going to save more money that way. But in the end, you really are just doing more harm than good. So more and more companies are, are trying to be more responsible about this. I mean, it's, for one thing, it's good press. For another, a lot of them, I think, genuinely have a desire to make sure they don't impact the environment in a harmful way. Uh, so I don't think it's just them saying, hey, we don't want this black mark on our records. We want to actually do the right thing. So you have more and more centers that are are taking these steps to make sure that the uh, recycling is done in a responsible way. But it does mean a lot more work. That's true. And you might be asking where the federal government is coming in on this. The EPA, uh, Environmental Protection Agency, that is, um, has been criticized for not doing enough. Um, recently, they came out with uh, a document called Res- Responsible Recycling Practices for Use in Accredited Certification Programs, also known wow. as R2 for Responsible Recycling. Um, it's pretty neat because it uh, it it basically takes into account uh, the workers' health and safety, um, the environmental mobile practices. <laughs> is it like the abominable? It does. It is, yeah. exactly. Okay. Um, and uh, basically it says anybody who's disassembling or recycling used electronics, uh, these are guidelines that they they can follow. The key word in there is can. Right. It's a voluntary practice. So um, – Really, there's nothing that, uh, you know, obviously res- environmental groups, um, are going to be more interested in a, you know, restrictive piece of legislation sure, than a, a sure. set of guidelines. Um, but there are some things, uh, that you can do, um, to reclaim this. I actually saw an article in the New York Times on, uh, on November 12th that was talking about a, a group in New England. And uh, let's see, the name of it is, um, hold on one second, the name of it is uh, E-Scrap Destruction. They're in New York. And uh, the people who founded the company, uh, father and son team, had actually been paper recyclers. Hmm. And they were try- they were looking at the problem of e-waste. And what they do, they actually treat it like they would paper. Now, when you recycle paper, you shred it, destroy it, you know, break it down, uh, and then basically reform the paper. Well, right. uh, for... They're sort of taking our cue from that because they had a giant shredder built. So they run the electronics through the shredder and then use, you know, the stuff that comes out. And this, you know, obviously, if you run a hard drive through a shredder, you're also completely uh, destroying the hard drive to make it uh, the data, any data left on it safe. It's non-recoverable. Sort of two birds with one stone in that case. Exactly. So this this is an added benefit of this. But what they'll do is they'll take out, uh, they run magnets over it and that pulls out anything that's ferrous. Um, and they, they send it to another organization that can pull out the, uh, the bits of glass and other things and they, they separate it out piece by piece, sort of like uh, single stream recycling. Uh, go through and, and pick out all the copper and all the lead and all the glass, which can be reused and resent and their uh, their policy is that nothing goes into a landfill everything is reclaimed which is a, a pretty neat way this is the first time i've actually seen anybody do this so um it's pretty awesome stuff that is incredible and and so if you are looking at recycling some of your electronic devices and whether that be you know a computer or a handheld device a phone cellular phone something like that uh, make sure you do a little research into the various uh, recycling programs that are that are available to you and uh, and make sure that it's going to the right place because, I mean, what's the point otherwise? You could just toss it out if, if it's going to end up in a landfill anyway. Um, 
do a little legwork. See if you can find any reports on on how uh, how the recycling center handles its materials. Uh, and of course, the other option is always to try and find a way to reuse whatever it is that that you have that's become obsolete. Some people convert old computers into a really you know cheap server or just a storage device. So they keep it in use. They're just not using it as their primary machine anymore. That's true. Um, as a matter of fact, my uh, my wife's aforementioned iPod. The screen went bad, but it still works great as a uh, as a portable hard drive. Yeah, it's just <laughs> so you know, right? You strip okay. the music off of it, and it's it still functions as a hard drive. You just can't see. You can't use it as an iPod anymore because you can't see the information on the screen. Right. Um, and uh, honestly, what what Jonathan is saying too. Um, I think is that uh, consider what you're doing with it. If you can make your computer or your electronics last a little bit longer, um, that's also helping keep it out of the out of the landfill. So if you can reuse it in some other way or uh, you know a simple upgrade, then you're uh, you know changing one board instead of the entire machine. Right. It could even be a hand me down. Uh, you know you can you can uh, instead of just uh, throwing away your computer if someone else needs it, you could always donate it to them. That's true. Um, make and sure you might you, get a tax write-off. Make sure you wipe off any information on that computer before you give it to anyone else. That's, That's true. Uh, I just pr- recently, for instance, uh, as a personal example, I purchased a used Xbox to have a second Xbox at home. Don't judge me. And uh, <laughs> uh, I needed a second Xbox. And, I'm sure you did. And I got home and I plugged it in to make sure it worked and it was working just fine. And then I thought, hey, you know what I should do? I should check and see if whomever owned this before me had an Xbox Live account and see if their information is still on here. Because that would be irresponsible of them to do that. And I should, as a responsible person, delete it if that's the case. Sure enough, there was there was all this information on there. There was an account information. I could have possibly uh, activated that account. Through the Xbox Live, and, and and then next thing you know, I've got free Xbox Live until the person realizes they're being charged for something that they're not using. Um, so yeah, definitely wipe your information before you – whether you're going to recycle it, throw it away, give it to someone, wipe your information first. You, you don't want that getting in the hands of somebody and, and don't throw it away. Recycle it or give <laughs> it away, but don't, don't throw it away. But um, – and, and, you know, I'm looking at using an old computer that I have as a possible media PC now, um, mainly as a storage device, uh, because I've got an old CPU just sitting around not doing anything. And uh, I thought, well, hey, you know, that would be a good way to, to put it to you. So since we had our little podcast about media centers, I thought, hey, why, why am I not doing this? So <laughs> I may actually do that. Uh, you got inspired, did you? I did. All right. Well, um, oh, uh, well, we were going to mention one other update. We did oh, yes. talk in a previous podcast about a pretty nasty material that is found in things like plasma displays and solar panels even to produce the uh, the panels, correct? Yeah, well, you're talking about uh, nitrogen trifluoride. Yes, our was, old uh, friend nitrogen trifluoride. Now, if you recall, if you listen to that podcast, uh, we mentioned that nitrogen trifluoride is 17,000 times – more powerful at holding in heat than carbon dioxide and in that, the atmosphere in the atmosphere and that uh but but because for the longest time most people thought there wasn't really that much of it in the atmosphere at all no one really thought about it in terms of global warming they just thought it was a, a it wasn't a player in the global warming scheme of things um but it turns out that there is some in the atmosphere 
And recently, Fox News broke a story that there's more than we thought, four times more of it in the atmosphere than we thought. Oh, good. Yeah. So four times the amount of what of a gas that is 17,000 times more harmful than carbon dioxide from a global warming perspective. So that's another good reason to make sure that you find a way to recycle your electronics. Also, it just means that manufacturers have to be careful and try and find different ways to produce these electronics without creating these toxic materials in the first place. Yeah, I think you're right. Do you have anything else to add to this wonderful topic? I'm tapped out. I am too. Well, if you want to learn more, you can read how e-waste works at HowStuffWorks.com. That's live right now. And we'll talk to you again soon. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?